the iHub Network's Lord and Master, John McMullen. Thanks for joining us and being along on this Tuesday, Fat Tuesday no less. Are you going to celebrate Yardy Gras? That's what they're doing in New Orleans. No Mardi Gras this year with the pandemic being what it is. But there's been a lot of interesting signage and decorations in people's yards down there. Pretty cool. And speaking of pretty cool, it's pretty cool in most of the rest of the country, which has me wondering if I should mention to our two guests this hour who are deeply seated in it, in the cold, in the snow, that it's 71 degrees here in Palm Springs as we go on the air today. Good afternoon and welcome to our program. We are getting together uh, in this hour with a couple of our new arrivals on the iHub Network. John Nash and Tim Bennett host a program that is heard here on Fridays from 3 to 4 o'clock just before this show. It's called The Focus Group. It is also heard uh, live, I think on Mondays, is when it broadcasts uh, to a video audience around the country, and they do a couple of uh, things that are accessible to you online, on demand as well, throughout the course of the week. We're going to meet them in just a moment, and we will also uh, tell you that we're going to get into the depths of how we're doing, good, bad, and ugly, with regards to the coronavirus here in Riverside County in our second hour today. We'll take on the day's news then, because this hour I'm hoping that not only are we going to learn something about a couple of the people in our neighborhood, uh, meaning the IHUB neighborhood, but that we're also going to have some fun because they've got uh, great personalities and their sense of humor is a joy to hear uh, on our programs each week. And so with that said, uh, welcome John Nash and Tim Bennett. How are you guys? Hey, John, this is John Nash. And uh, I was extremely, extremely upset when I heard the weather while we were on hold. I'm like 76 out there on Saturday. You know, I'm a cyclist, so this is killing me because it's like uh, going down to 25 tomorrow here in New York. But let me have Tim say hello. Are you hey, there, this Tim? Is, uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm, uh, I'm happen to be in Delaware, though. And today, I, I told John earlier, it was in the 50s here today. So I'm along the coast, kind of stuck in a, uh, a little bit of a warm pattern. But we're expecting six to nine inches of snow later at the end of the week. So we'll see what happens. All I can say when I hear you guys say that is burr. <laughs> hey, well, you know, there there is a certain beauty to winter, though. I did go out today and walk. I live up near uh, Fort Tryon Park in New York City, which is, if you've been to the city, it's right above the George Washington Bridge. It's a little corner of Manhattan, and it's one of the tallest parts of the city, um, or highest, sorry, highest. Uh, had a great walk, and I, I did think, because we hit 50 today, 46, and I thought, you know, winter has its beauty, but maybe for a day. <laughs> right? Yeah, I remember that when you get that first snowfall of the year in New York City, it's a beautiful thing to look at. And I'll never forget being on my 36th floor office windows uh, in Rockefeller Center the day that it snowed like 20 inches. 
in one day. <laughs> and I'm looking down out of the building, and I see these little mice of men with their, uh, I guess, their snowblowers carving pathways out of the McGraw Hill building uh, so that people could walk out of there and leave work that day. And going down there that night and realizing uh, this is going to be fun to walk in when I get back to my uh, my home uh, subway station at Columbus Circle and walk a couple of blocks to my apartment. And, and it was beautiful to look at, but then comes the dirty slush. And at that point, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it to be gone and to not have any, uh, any threat of having to take a fall on the street and make an even bigger fool of myself. So I, I hope that you guys get to spring really quick, that you have a nice long spring, uh, because that to me is my favorite time of year uh, on the East Coast. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, and we here in the city, we are at that point where we've got that dirty snow. In fact, I had a great, hilarious moment. If you live in the city, you get to watch people do lots of crazy things. And I saw a guy try to cut, like cut his car out of a snow bank that a plow had created <laughs> using nothing more than a scraper. You know, the kind of scraper you scrape ice off the windshield. Right. But my, my partner, Bob and I, we were mesmerized. Mesmerized. He, he, he picked at it. He hit it. Finally, he, I think he gave a guy a five who had a snowblower to dig into that and get it out. But yeah. uh, it's just New York. Hilarious. But it's that filthy, dirty brown stuff, John. Yeah. So, yeah you're not missing anything right now. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I am. And, and believe me, it's kind of on the cool side here. It's been mostly overcast uh, and 71 uh, today. But, uh, but it's still 71, and I'll quit rubbing it in your face now. Uh, so you guys, let's let's go back in time. We first crossed paths with each other when I was working at Sirius Satellite Radio back in the early 2000s, and we had an opportunity to come together on a on a um, mixed uh, venture, uh, bringing together the satellite radio platform and the brand that. Uh, the both of you were working uh, with ex uh, in extraordinary ways at that time, which was Subaru. Tim, you worked at Subaru. John, you uh, owned and operated an agency that did uh, marketing for Subaru. But you guys have known each other since long before those days, right? Yeah, I was the, uh, this is Tim, I was the director of marketing communications at Subaru, which essentially meant I was in charge of everything but a lot of the stuff at the time that you saw on television. So all of the events, the sponsorships, the product launch, and uh, and what they would what they called at the time niche marketing. And John was our agency that handled a lot of the uh, LGBTQ marketing. And John and I have known each other. John tells the story better than I do. But John and I, I was trying to figure out how many years ago it was, John, but. It was 10th grade, so I won't say how old we are. It was 100. <laughs> but, but we met each other. I, we knew each other. I guess we had seen each other before, but we were forced together in the 10th grade, right, John? Oh, my God. It was frog dissection biology class, and Tim uh, was assigned to my group, and we were the nerds. We were, we were the A-plus students, and he's got, like, it was like Greece. He had a lettered sweater. Like, I forget what he was doing but it was definitely jock being dropped into the nerd party and we're like oh boy but tim 
also is very competitive. And I'll let him finish how that story played out because you did become the hero of the day. Yeah, they looked at me. So, John, our, our, where we grew up, we grew up in Connecticut, and it was so rural at the time that the high schools were combined, the towns had combined high schools. So I was thrown in with this kind of, as John said, the nerds, but they're really a bright group of kids. And because I was involved, I was running track, so I was put in this group so I could could go away and run in the afternoons, whatever I was doing. And um, and I knew they didn't want me there. I felt it right away. I was I was kind of looked looked upon not not uh, not fondly. So we in this frog dissection, I could not contribute at all. And we had to uh, name parts of these frogs with the pins, and you got extra credit if you got all of these frogs' parts named correctly. But if you named something wrong, you lost points. Ah. So what I did is I, I decided to go around to the different frogs, and the teams that were ahead of us, I would mislabel things for them and say, hey, did you find this? Hey, did you find that? And I still remember this to this day. There was one team that was about ready to finish, and I said, hey, did you find the mucus monoconda? And they're like, what? I said, hey, don't tell anybody, but it's extra credit. And I just found this piece of dead skin hanging off the frog. I said, that piece right there, that's called the mucus monocondus. And so they hurried up and they labeled it. They put a pin in it. They raised their hands. They lost the points. They lost 10 points. And then sure enough, John finishes up with, with our team, and we ended up winning the day. So since then, we were fast friends, right, John? Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to applaud clever, crafty, and, you know, quick on your feet, right? And that was a very good way to cross the finish line. Yeah, so we've been friends ever since. And um, Tim and I, well, Tim introduced me to ABBA on 8-Track Tape. That really dates us. That's when wow. we were driving in Orange Vega. But we went to different yeah. colleges, but always stayed in touch. And there was a while where we were a little out of touch because Tim has actually done something I've never uh, had the temerity to do and that's to live in different parts. and john you're the same actually you you you've been around a few places um tim's lived in a lot of different place parts of the country and for a while he was out in portland and chicago and our paths crossed again when my agency was hired to do research for subaru to look into who uh why all these women in northampton mass were buying their car (laughs) (laughs) focus groups turned out to uh indicate that it was uh, you know, a diehard group of lesbians who were very brand loyal. They really appreciated the value of the vehicle, and they treated it like a secret amongst themselves. Like, hey, don't tell anybody, but you got to get yourself a Subaru Outback. So that began, and then our paths crossed at that point again, and uh, the rest is history. Northampton, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... That's that's where our friend uh, Rachel Maddow came from when she first approached me at Sirius. <laughs> so Seriously? I'm not uh, yes, I'm not surprised. You she was doing a morning radio show on an FM radio station in Northampton, Massachusetts. Wow, so, that yeah. is yeah. Well, talk there about stereo. Talk about stereotyping into those markets. So you two uh, come together and began working on marketing to the LGBT community for Subaru, right? Yeah, and and one quick thing is, Tim did say earlier he was Director of Marketing and Advertising Services. He discovered we had been hired to do research and eventually work, and I was going to report to him and work with him. 
But we decided very early on, I think it's something Tim was just very smart about. He was like, you know, our friendship is outside of this. So I was treated like any other agency, a.k.a. sometimes I had a hole ripped in me if I didn't show good work. Um, But, yeah, we began this historic 15-year outreach to the LGBTQ community. And uh, and Tim, you <laughs> you can tell him more. Yeah, Tim, uh, why yeah, don't you, you know, the, the, share with me the, if you the would. The thing is, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to ask you if you'd share with us specifically also um, the fact that uh, Subaru was really the first uh, uh, automaker to pursue the gay and lesbian market, right? You know, I, I I think technically they would say Saab actually did a print ad, right, John? I think Saab had done one yeah. print ad. But in terms of actually having an agency, a dedicated agency, and a dedicated commitment, and that's and that's really what was different. Subaru actually had a long-term 15-, 16-year commitment of consistent marketing and advertising to the uh, gay consumer for 15 years so it wasn't an you know come in come out it was a very dedicated effort right well i'm going to ask you i'm going to ask you to hold it right there because i think that there's a very fascinating story to be told in just a moment uh about about this process uh when we continue with our conversation john nash tim bennett hosts of the focus group heard here on fridays from three to four pacific six to seven eastern time We will continue the conversation with them right after this break. you can still talk after two strokes. It's the John McMullen Show on the iHub Network. And we're talking with Tim Bennett and John Nash, the co-host, the focus group. You hear it here on Fridays from 3 to 4 o'clock Pacific Time. And as we learned in our last segment, uh, they first met in 10th grade over a deceased frog that was being dissected and became fast friends and would eventually come to work together on marketing campaigns for the Subaru of America organization. And Tim, you were just uh, starting to explain a little bit more about that relationship when we cut out and I, I recall you telling me a story one time about the fact that um, when you guys proposed doing this marketing outreach campaign to the gay market uh, that there were some uh, people in from Japan from Subaru who you know are looking at their translation and thinking gay gay happy yeah, it's um, you know John's agency had done a lot of the a lot of the, the legwork as as you guys had, had mentioned about whether it was a viable market or not, which certainly it was to go after and talk to the gay consumer in the first person. So the head of marketing at the time was also a guy named Tim, and he was going up to present it to all the senior leadership at the company, and a lot of the senior management from Japan was there. 
And you have to remember, this was the early 90s. So before even Celebrity was out, I think the only person that might have been out at the time might have been Elton John. And um, so they had uh, he had to go up there and explain to them that we that the brand was going to market directly to uh, gay consumers and predominantly women, which would have been lesbians. So he went up there to explain to them that we were going to be doing gay marketing. And at that time, that's what it was called. It wasn't LGBTQ and plus and, and all the letters that we're now familiar with. Right. It was just simply gay marketing. And so when they went up there, they all had the, all of the Japanese had their, their dictionaries with them and they were looking for the Japanese translation for gay and it was happy. And they all very approvingly nodded their heads. And uh, when he came down, we asked how it went. He said, you know, I, you know, he said, everybody, it was okay. He said, I'm not so sure they know what they bought. He said, but, uh, you know, we got the okay. So off we went. And, uh, of course, when they actually did find out what it was, um, there was an awful lot of backpedaling, but, um, fortunately the American management, um, was behind it from the business case and, uh, we went forward with it, which is a lesson because you really have to have internal people that are behind a program like that in order for it to, to get done and be successful. But it was, it was trailblazing. I mean, you know, you know I, it, it, re- John, it really was. I, I tell you something. Yeah. It, it was, but Tim and I talk about this all the time. When we, when you're in the middle of it and you're doing it, you're just trying to do a great job or have a campaign that succeeds. Right. Uh, and and that's the funny thing about it, um, because it, I, I do think we look back on it now and it was trailblazing, and we still have people comment on their particular love of the brand or an ad that they saw that they remembered. Um, so yeah, it's not a bad legacy, I suppose, right? <laughs> Well, somebody's got to um, be the trailblazer, especially among mainstream brands. And you really were in there in the first, you know, small handful of of major brands in America that took that very, uh, I, I guess you'd say, uh, brave leap to say we're going to talk directly to this particular marketplace because, as you say, it wasn't, you know, this was well before people who are, you know, notables that we see on TV or in films or, you know, as community leaders and all that were out of the closet. Yeah, you know, it, you know, John, it, it was, and and as John says, we didn't, um, we just thought we were doing smart business. But I, I do look back on it sometimes. There were, there were times we were fearful. I mean, there were times we were, Myself and my assistant did not open our mail. We got an awful lot of hate mail, an awful lot of threatening mail. Wow! Uh, it was the time you remember. You remember when abortion clinics were getting blown up? Yes. With all the religious crazies that were out there, that was going on at the same time. And so we would get these nondescript packages that would arrive, and the mailroom would get scared. And you know, you don't think about that sort of thing, but there was such hateful stuff that would come in. And we just didn't understand it because Subaru really was kind of the Ben and Jerry's of car companies. And we thought, we're just talking to somebody in the first person. Gay people buy cars. Why not talk to them? Right. And admit it, right? So, um, by the way, Tim's story is a perfect example as well of a working relationship. So I didn't learn until years later about all the hate mail and how bad it was. 
my experience with learning about this came one time. I go to the Subaru to present creative, and they had me in the boardroom that day. And the president of the company at the time always made a point of coming in. No phone, no anything, no distraction. He sat with his hands crossed. He paid attention. Well, one day I give this presentation, and everything seemed to go well. And after we come back, if you want to hear the rest of the story. Yeah, absolutely. um, (laughs) I'll let you know. We will continue our conversation with John Nash and Tim Bennett, co-hosts of the Focus Group on iHub Radio. And also we'll tell you how you can watch it through YouTube and Facebook and all that good stuff. Stay with us as we're going to update you on the very uh, latest headlines from NBC News Radio and then continue with more of the John McMullen Show, the conversation of your life on iHub Radio. It's like a reboot of all my children. The John McMullen Show. Gather around, drama queens. Here's John. And we are hanging out with Tim Bennett and John Nash from Focus Group Radio. And John, you were sharing a story right before we cut off uh, into the break. You want to finish that? I will set the scene again. I was presenting uh, in the boardroom at Subaru. And this is in relation to what Tim said about all the negativity they would receive inside the company that I often didn't hear about until many years later. The flip side is how they would share that with me in a very comical way. So I'm in the boardroom presenting this campaign. I finish. The president's got his hands crossed. Thank you, John. He said, hey, Tim, I want you to – we've been getting some pushback. We've been getting some pushback. And and Tim, you, you show John that letter, read John that letter that we got that other day, and, and, and we got to ask you some questions about this. So, Tim, you should do the letter part because you did read that. <laughs> so there, there was a letter that um, had talked about how we were, you know, all going to, uh, you know, we weren't going to go to heaven. Essentially, we were going to the other place. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that on your Yes, your of show. course. You can, and, uh, there's lots and, of us and, here who uh, go to hell. Yeah, we were going to hell, and, and, and we were pedophiles, and we were a whole bunch of other things. And uh was not going to buy the car, would never buy the car. And, of course, he wasn't in the position to buy a car. And well, uh, He, he, was, he, was, he was even more specific than that. He, he used, used to own an SVX, and he and his brother would drive and go hunting with that car. They'd throw the carcass on the top. It was a great car. Right. And once that Martina Navratilona started, she's a lesbian. You're all going to hell. <laughs> so go on. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. No, so he would go on and on. And he, he wasn't in the position right now to purchase a car. But when he was, again, he certainly wasn't going to buy one of these, these healing cars. And um, so we were couldn't figure out why he wasn't in the position. And then we looked at the, uh, the return address on the envelope and um, showed it to John. He was in the a penitentiary in Nebraska. And uh, so, <laughs> I so see. we realized he, he, <laughs> he probably wasn't going to be purchasing a car. But what we used to always say is that if you were offended by marketing to a gay consumer, you probably were never going to buy a Subaru anyway. You, you probably just weren't in that mindset um, based upon the, 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 uh, 
the kind of uh, life stage or the the uh, the mindset of the Subaru consumer. Probably um, you weren't going to buy the car anyway. But there there were all kinds of things like that. But most of the most of the hate mail came from actually churches, particularly in the South. Hmm. So who knows? Interesting. Well, um, we crossed paths in I think two thousand three or two thousand four while I was at Sirius Satellite Radio, and we worked together on putting a campaign on the air on the LGBT station that was on Sirius at the time called Sirius Alq. Um, that was really the beginning of our friendship, but it, it was uh, not the end of your getting involved with radio because... As I recall, we actually did a test pilot project at Sirius. Uh, We had planned to bring you guys in to do a program called Out to Succeed. And the station, or the network, went through a lot of management changes right about that time. And I I had a hard time getting anybody to move on anything. And the next thing I know is you're at my competitor at XM Satellite Radio and working with my uh, dear friend Kevin Straley. And... uh, and you guys got a nice jump start there with a national audience of your own. Tell us uh, about that and how that uh, transformed into going from XM to Sirius XM and then eventually onto your independent uh, productions that you're doing now. So, John, you know, you, uh, yeah, you're responsible for a lot of great things in our career. And certainly the jump to radio is one of them. Uh, you had sold me on the proposition of, doing media buying on the Sirius network. It was very new at the time. I mean, the idea of getting your set your radio by satellite, not every manufacturer had them in the car. So, you know, you were dealing with a new industry and a new media format, and you were very, very smart about how you approached us. And I actually, Tim signed on to satellite radio after having an emergency appendectomy out in Las Vegas. I think that's when you agreed to do it, right, Tim? Yeah, I was hopped up on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah, I did. So, I, I, um, I had the emergency appendectomy, John. But do you you remember what happened, though? You remember the the whole? I think, I'm, John. I don't know if you were in that meeting when we were we were deciding that we were. Um, it was us and Toyota, and remember about the whole OutQ and NFL and all the other. Oh packages? yes, yeah, yeah. So it, um, but yeah, no, it, it was a great uh, I, satellite radio was a great a great thing for Subaru, and I still I still. Uh, I think well, it was a great thing to be part of OutQ. And, John, at the time, you had you worked with a gentleman named Mike um, uh, who used to love a Greek restaurant down the block from the, uh, from yes. the station. And, and you and him had a very expansive view of radio. So one day, you and Mike and I, and maybe Tim was with us, I think he was, we're out at lunch. We're like, hey, we have an idea for a show. And we gave you the idea. And you're like, hey, guys, this is, you know, th- yeah, this. And then and John was very smart. And John said, no, you know, it's a great idea, but you just don't get on the mic. There's a process. Let's think about the clock and, and what you want to discuss and, and who you want to be engaging with. And, how, and there's a, you know, but, he, but you did say every, anybody can learn how to, if some of the best radio voices come from, you know, anywhere. Yes. And, they could, and it could be a cool thing. So I want to I, I want to tell you I want to tell you guys one thing I don't know if I've ever said this, but um, I wanted to put that show on the air after we did the the uh, the demo for it. 
I wanted to put it on the air the next week. Uh, just as I wanted to put a young lady who came to do my fill-in for me before she would go to work for Air America. And it was the same, the same individual who was in a position one to the north of me in the food chain who kept me from putting either of those shows on the air on Sirius Satellite Radio. I'm not going to mention his name, it, it, uh, but his initials were JC. And <laughs> since there were multiple people in the organization whose initials were JC and not Jesus Christ, uh, I feel safe in saying that because people can guess. But the point is, is that both you and Rachel Maddow have turned out to be pretty decent success stories in spoken word media. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind. I, I, I wouldn't mind an MSNBC show. <laughs> I, 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 feel, I feel very uh, righteous in saying that I knew that you guys were going to be uh, great on the air together, and you are. I mean, the show that you do and that you started doing and have gone on to do uh, eventually with another network and then came back to Sirius when that they merged and and all that, uh, it it was probably one of the most engaging things on, on the channel and continues to be a show that I think people find, uh, even as specialized as some of the stuff that you talk about is, to be totally relatable in everyday life with, with everyone. And that's one of the reasons I encourage everybody who's within the sound of our voice now to, if you haven't already heard it on Fridays, uh, check out uh, John and Tim on the focus group here on iHub Radio, but also through the other means that you have uh, access to the program because it's it's fun to watch too. Um, when did you, uh, you guys went off of uh, Sirius XM uh, when they killed the gay channel, right? Yeah, we were actually the last live show. We actually got to be we got to be the last live show, right, John? As far as yep, I remember, on a Monday, us. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They trusted us. And um, and we and it, and it was bittersweet for us because we really were. We felt at that point we were only on. We were live on Saturdays and drive and what was Saturday drive time in the mornings and. We really felt the Saturday lineup was was quite good, and we were really hitting our strive at that point. And we had a good roster of of sponsors, and uh, really enjoyed what we were doing, and still do. And um, but it was uh, we certainly felt, and at that time there was a change of leadership within the the country politically, right? Right. And so, if, if anything, we felt that um, the country, particularly LGBTQ people, needed a voice and um i thought very i thought a very bad decision um from a business standpoint from the serious point of view but that's just my own opinion i agree to um to get rid of gay programming i thought to this day still think is a huge mistake um so john had actually found john had gone john lives in manhattan i'm in philadelphia john had found a studio that was able to, um, our sponsors had stayed with us. Uh, Volkswagen at the time was uh, one of our lead sponsors. And uh, John found a studio, and we, the next, uh, didn't miss a beat. Within three weeks, we're back up and running again. And I've continued. Well, to- you, yes, but don't forget to tell them the story of, like, so the studio 
we were only looking for audio capability, but they had a TriCaster. They had video. And uh, they're like, well, we can just capture the video. Why not just put it on YouTube? And I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And Tim had never seen the studio, didn't know what he was getting into. And he comes up, and I'm like, just bring a blue shirt or something because we're going to be on green screen. Half an hour later, after I think lunch at the TikTok diner, ah, the TikTok diner. Um, <laughs> uh, we were, you know, in the studio, cameras were on, and he actually delivered a, an amazing performance for not having done video. And here we are. And uh, but you know, the the serious stuff was pretty cool. And as I and John, yes, you uh, you got us there. Just to go back for a second, um, while you wanted to get us on the air, I was being told something completely different by the management side of. Serious, like I said. Well, we have this show idea, and oh, that's a great idea. And 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 who's going to be the hosts? And I said, well, that that would be me and Tim Bennett. And then this guy says, he laughs. Oh no, 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 no! You can't be the talent. You're the checkbook. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. That sounds like a guy yeah, named Sam Ben Ruby. <laughs> Old time. I'm sorry, what? No, it was a double-edged sword a little bit, though, because XM had had given us what was like a school marm, this woman um, that had come from town. Was she from a public radio background? Yes, she and was. She, had, she was brought on. We had to yeah. write out. Yeah, we had to write out the script, and we weren't allowed to deviate, and she had to approve. So John and I were essentially newsreaders. And when you listen to some of our first shows, it's comical. And uh, because we had to read a script. And um, the SHIT hit the fan. We had Augustine Burroughs on, Augustine Burroughs. And she got really upset with us because we went off script, and then we never really heard from her again. Good. But... um, (laughs) How lucky for you. Yeah. But she actually did. She, she, we, we then went over to Sirius. Right, when we went to Sirius, they had said we were the most prepared host they had ever seen every time we got a producer because and, we and, had learned from her. And you know what? Prepared. And you know what? You probably were the most prepared. And I don't mean just on the, that channel, but on the entire platform. Uh, because it sounds like it. I mean, you guys know your stuff. You know what you're going to talk about when you come on. You have a great banter uh, about you on the focus group, and we're going to talk about where you're at with that now and and uh, also talk a little bit about how people can catch you in all the different projects that you're working on when we continue with The John McMullen Show. We are talking with Tim Bennett and John Nash, the co-hosts of the focus group, which you hear here on iHub at 3 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon every Friday. You want to listen in live? Well, we'll tell you how you can do it uh, as well. So stay with us right here on the iHub Network. 